Are you a kiddo who dreams? Kinky dreams? Dreams of wearing pants like the ones you grew up with? Well, golly gee, dream no more. Kinky Dreams specializes in printing cute vintage designs of diaper prints, superheroes, and cartoon characters on adult diapers. These handcrafted pants will leave you feeling your full baby fantasy. If you want to get your grabby hands on one of these one-of-a-kind diapers, make sure to use promo code PLAYTIME for 10% off all Kinky Dreams products. Kinky Dreams, making your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to want my pamps. I am your host, Newsy Baby. Has anyone else had the sudden urge all of a sudden to like meet more diaper people or meet more like-minded kink people? I don't know. I've just had this sudden urge to like, I want to go to more events and I want to meet more diaper people. Maybe it's because uh, the weather's getting warmer or, you know, COVID's getting a little bit better in some areas, but I just want to go to more events. So I thought in this episode, I would feature two upcoming events for all you diaper butts. The first event is an electric music Twitch party. So grab your plushie and welcome the hosts of Electric Stuffy. Well, thank you, Kurtz McGirtz and Enoch for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So let's talk about Electric Stuffy. Where did the idea for this event come from? Uh, you know, this the idea for this event, um, it, it really, it started from uh, Mr. McGirt's here. Like he, uh, I found him one day, he, he was doing live streams and uh, this, was, this was on Instagram. He was doing live streams and he was, um, he was hooping for people. And, uh, you know, we've been friends for, for a cool minute and, you know, we're both into the rave scene. And um, so what he was doing, you know, he was hooping with his, um, with his LED hoop and I, and I, and I just joined in and, you know, I was like, Hey, can I play some music for you? And uh, it, it eventually kind of evolved from there. And uh, um, he, he can tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it was during, it was during the pandemic. And I think, was that right? The right time frame on the pandemic? Yeah. It was I think like it was. The, you think a little bit into the pandemic. Yeah, I was feeling a certain way, uh, and I I just wanted to like, I don't know, like entertain, and I just got kind of bored. So I was in my room. I'm like, I have an LED hoop, and Instagram has you know the the live chat that you can do with the video. I'm like, that'd be kind of fun. So then I decided just to turn it on and just to flow and see if people were viewing, and then I got really fun feedback. And then Enoch surprised me. I was like so excited that he was like can I join and I'm like um hell yeah you can join and um yeah and then we were just vibing I was just dancing and he's playing the music and then people were making requests and like wanting me to like to f call it flow hooping is flow flow to like different songs or specific songs and like it just became like this fun little um I don't know little excursion <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it was it was really really good. Yeah, no, I mean like we were doing it I think a few times on Instagram. Um yep. and I it you know, and I think when we first officially called it electric stuffy, um we were still on Instagram and you know, I I think it's just like one day we just came back and just kind of wanted to like, kind of make a production out of it. 
So we just called it electric stuffy. I'm like, this is the time. And we did it on Instagram live. And here's the thing about Instagram <laughs> live. They cut you off after a while. And you know, the quality, it, it was so difficult trying to stream to Instagram live. They, they specifically make it to where they make it well, very difficult for you to do it. And I think after one time we had, I had someone reach out to me and say, Hey, would you ever do this on Twitch? And I'm like, huh, maybe, I don't know. What's Twitch. <laughs> but, and then eventually like I looked into it and like, Oh, okay. People are actually using this. So, and, um, when we switched over to Twitch, it, uh, it was, it made the world of difference. And, you know, it was like people actually came out and it was actually, um, pretty cool. And that's kind of like where electric stuffy was kind of birthed essentially. So we were thinking, remember, you know, when we had that like little house party, we did the Airbnb with our friend who's also ABDL and it was just like yeah. three of us. We all hung out and had like a party there. And I'm pretty sure you're the, you did mention that night. You're like, it would be so cool to like do this as like for people, like entertain people. Cause I was, I was doing, yeah. give you guys a light show with my hoop, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it was. And yeah, we even like decked out the whole house that we were <laughs> staying in, like with LED lights. Like it was just like a shit ton of LED lights, like everywhere. And yeah. it looked like a crazy party rave scene. I'm surprised we didn't actually get like, you know, like yelled at by the owners because oh, yeah, we were no, pretty rowdy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, 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 I mean, it was so cool. It was just, a, it's just three, the three of us, us, us three ABDLs yeah. just having our own little mini rave, you know, with music and you know, like you said, we, we brought so many LED lights and we just filled up the whole little Airbnb and it was, it was, it was wild. And, you know, that's probably where this really all was conceived, you know, before we even realized we were, what we were going to do. I mean, I yeah, it. I remember you. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> and it grew out of something that was so important, right? Like the, the pandemic, we were all so alone and we were all just like doing zoom calls trying to like connect with people and what i think is super cool about your guys' situation is you both have this love for you know rave music and you brought it together and i will have to say for someone that doesn't know a whole lot about twitch and stuff your production quality is very high oh thank you Yay. it's it's it's, yeah. it's much appreciated we've i've been doing you know video stuff and i've you know i'm, I'm no it person like i couldn't build you a computer but I've, you know, I've always been, um, you know, skilled in, you know, the, all the, all the things that go into those kind of things. So it's, mm -hmm. it's been something, you know, it's amazing because it's really been an outlet for my creative juices to kind of do something again, you know, make promos for even like the promos I make. It's just like, I enjoyed like doing like little, little things and putting on production. It's, it's, it's tons of fun. But and you're very techy. Yes. Yeah. And each, and each time they get like a little bit better, a little bit better, just in terms of like overall quality, the sound quality, I hats off to you. Let's talk about rave culture and mixing it with, uh, you know, ABDL, because you both are, at least from what I see, just very much involved in, in both and you make them blend very well. Does rave culture and ABDL blend very well together? Yes. Um, I, I think it does. Actually, um, the, the, the funny thing about that is being in the rave culture helped me feel so much more understanding of the ABDL aspects of myself. And it even made me feel more open and just more positive 
Um, one thing that I love about um, AB Deal and the rave culture is that in the rave culture, if you're at a music festival, an EDM music festival, people do not care like what you wear, you be you, and that's the most important thing. And that's one thing that I put together with the ABDL culture and rave together. I feel such a similarity that goes with, you know, one, both, you know, one, I can't say the word, but they go together. They go together very well, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's unity, you know? And the fact that you guys can put two and two together probably makes you feel very fulfilled at like at the end of the day. Oh yeah, no, totally. Like, it's you know, it's 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 fun because there's such such an age play aspect in the wave culture. It has it has the same kind of energy, um, you know. Even the way people dress, you'd be surprised. You know, people go, people are walking around like sucking on pacifiers, but you know, for for different reasons. And I'm sure, I'm sure you, you know, you get the gist. You understand why. But you know, it it's it's so fun because you could really go padded and no one gives a shit. Uh, I'm sorry. Are we allowed to, can, can we you do can, that? Here? You can say whatever you I already want. Swore here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, like people, people like they, they're you know they're doing all that stuff, and you know, like if you're an AB deal, you go to a rave, you're gonna see people sucking on pacifiers. You're gonna love it because you could do it too, and you're probably gonna have a better pacifier than them, to be honest. But um, <laughs> it's that's that's very much rave culture, and that's very much the rave scene, and you know, it's it's not that far off bringing it in. You know, bringing rave culture into the ABDL scene, and I'm honestly so surprised that there's not more of this, um, because this it's, I would you know I would just assume that it would be more common, and there's I mean there's 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 plenty of us, um, you know us ABDLs in the rave scene, um, you know everyone talks about it, but there are, and um, you know we definitely had people reach out to us like oh yeah we rave too, and um, you know it's it's a lot more common than you realize. Right. And, you know, you bring up a good point, too. Like, why isn't there more of it? And I think part of it is, you know, it, it just takes one person to think of the idea. And now you've inspired people to probably do it. And who knows, you, you might get when the pandemic lifts and, you know, more people can come out, you're probably going to get a whole lot more people wanting to be part of this. Oh, yeah. No, hope totally. so. Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like you that. It's all that inspiration. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk about memorable experiences. Is there one experience doing electric stuffy that stands out among the rest? Uh, you know, it's, I think, you know, just the event that we did recently, we, it was, you know, it's, it was the first event that we've actually done together in person. Kurtz, uh, like he, he came over to my, my place. Um, and uh, just last month when we did the last one, and it, 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 we, we were on a very long hiatus and it was like our first time back, but it was also our first time in person because we've been doing this, you know, essentially over Zoom. He, you know, he, him and his place and me and mine, you know, we're live streaming together, but separately. And it was the first time that we actually did, did it together. And it, you know, it made all the difference. You know, we really felt more connected just kind of being with each other. And um, you know, being able to stream and do this in person, you know, and have people see us actually together, it, it just felt like such, such a such an improvement, such a big difference. And uh, you know, it it was really nice to be able to you know kind of just be together in the same room. And you know, that really kind of goes into the whole pandemic. You know, when this when this originally started, it really just was a pandemic thing. And you know, thank God we're actually able to do it together now. Kurtz McGurtz, what's what's your what's your standout moment? 
That is a good question. I've had just so many good, good moments. Um, I mean, yeah, I do think that doing it live, that was really fun. Um, I mean, that was, that was amazing. That, but that's your, that's your favorite. And so I'm going to think of, honestly. Like have the same favorite. That's totally I mean, I'll accept that. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I do love yours. I do. The most memorable to me personally is actually when I first started doing it in my room, mm-hmm. which is like a little tiny area. And you joined and you, we sparked something that was honestly the most memorable moment, like, cause that was very special. I felt like that was something that made this all happen pretty much. Yeah. Oh, bringing people together through music. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. One, there you go. One thing that I thought was really cool that you did the last time that I saw was abdl questions and quizzes and i thought it would be cool if you could quiz me on some of these questions you had last time okay (laughs) yeah i you know i do have i do have some questions for you um they're not going to be the ones from last time because last (laughs) the last time we did it there there were some mistakes these are new questions (laughs) oh we had we had some we had some questions from the very the, the very first time we did what is what it was is like an abdl trivia as it was essentially our halftime show so mm-hmm. um when we first did that we wanted to like kind of engage with people more so it's like let's just cut the show in half let's stop in the middle and let's just ask people trivia which you know they can do it on their phone but um i have some for you they're really good the very first time they were amazing the second time the, the intern is fired uh we're, we're working on it we're gonna get it fixed but uh, the very first set of questions it's, it's it's amazing so i'm gonna ask you some from the very first set of questions all right i'm ready let's do it okay all right so you know a lot let's see mm. all right first one what is capcon is it a a bottle cap convention b an abdl convention c a video game developer or D, a con artist who sells counterfeit hats. I'm going to have to go with B, an ABDL convention. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. <laughs> That's a good one. It's an easy one to start off with. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, they get a lot harder, actually. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, what was the original, original name of Tykables? Is it A, Little Tykes? B, Huggums, C, Snuggies, or D, Thuggies? I know this one. Is it C, Snuggies? It, it, yes, it is. It's, it is, yep. it is C, yep. <laughs> Even though I think a lot of people called them Thuggies for a long time. Because <laughs> when you said Thuggies, I was like, why do I, why do I have heard that term before? It sounds so familiar. Why is it, in another universe they were they were called thuggies? Right, exactly. Thug and huggies. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, next question. How many milliliters does a Megamax hold? Is it A seven thousand, B six thousand, C six thousand five hundred, or D two? Oh God, I don't. Wait, question. Yeah. What, what's the question? What size would it be? Oh, oh does that make it. Oh, does that make does a make difference? It, I don't know if that makes a difference. It should, you know what? It should make a difference. You would think, right? They probably just put less filling in it when it gets bigger. You never said exactly. what size it was. 
Thank you, Kurtz McGurtz, for saving me. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just say it's a medium. We're, right, we're just we'll, gonna say medium. All right, we'll say it's a medium. I don't remember the numbers, but my favorite letter is uh, C, so we'll go with C. You're actually right. It is. It Are is you shitting me? You know, no, you're you're right. It's six thousand five hundred. I don't know if that has changed since wow. this was made. It's a little, a few months, um, a few months old, but um, I'm pretty sure this is still accurate. And that was it. What diaper were we, were we talking about again? We were talking about the uh, Almighty Mega Max. Oh, there we go. The I, haven't, I haven't tried those. I need to get on those or get in one. You haven't tried them? Top notch. No, I haven't. They, you should request bad. a sample. They're pretty. They're pretty awesome. Um, and as long as uh, no one takes advantage of the the very uh, nice people at um, North Shore. Yeah, don't take well, advantage of them. They will. They will deny if you get a sample, but don't buy the next time. So if you wanted another sample, they won't be like, nope, you have to buy. Yeah, no, totally. I think that, that one's actually worth sampling, in my opinion. I was like, I actually want to try these. I'm going to sample them and then get them if I want to. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think I did pretty good. Or do you have one more question? Uh, sure. Yeah, I could do one more question. Um, all right. Last, last uh, one. All right. Last one. Electric Stuffy is a... A, dragon, B, platypus, C, bunny, or D, a bear. Oh, the logo. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what number it is, but is it bear? It's a teddy yes, bear, it right? Yes, it is bear. It's, it's D, yeah. <laughs> who, designed, who designed that? Did Enoch, did you design that? Yeah, yeah, I, I designed it. There you go. So it's, what that, it's so iconic. It is iconic. And I think that's one of the cool things about your event is you don't shy away that it is an ABDL rave and you play ABDL music during your during your rave party, during Electric Stuffy. Do you have a favorite mix that uh that you like to go to that you like to play? Uh there's you know what, you know, when we do our mixes, I try to incorporate a little bit of everything really. Um there's not there's not an amazing amount of um, <laughs> like little songs out in the world that are and I, I, I find or deem worth playing. Um, but there are some songs that, you know, I usually throw in some because you know what, it is an ABDO event and like the kids, you know, the, the, the adult kids, the adult kids want to hear certain types of sounds. And, um, you know, I, I, I know I have, I have something I could actually play for you if you'd like. Um, yeah, can we hear it? Yeah, you know, I, I got it. There's not. It's a little bit of everything, but there's not too much of a kid mix. But um, I could definitely play it for you. Here, let me yes, see. let's hear it. All right. I want electric stuffy. Kurtz McGurtz, when you're listening to this, how do you know how to flow? Like, like, how would you flow to this? Um, just like a feeling. I don't know. Like, with my hoop, I mean, 
I play with speed, so I like to do like really fast with my with with my hoop, but then I like to go slow, intricate moves. Um, if the music starts to kind of slow down, I do this these tricks called isos, where you like isolate the movement of the hoop, make it look like it's floating around your body, and yeah, like I just kind of vibe with it, and it's kind of like just dance and have fun. Like I'm not really thinking when I'm doing it; I'm just dancing. Okay, someone that's super white and can't dance. What is a trick that you can give me? A trick? Um, like how do you get trick? Or like how do you just get started? Like so, I'm going to EDC in May, uh -huh. and I always feel like I don't know what to do with like my hands. I don't know what to do with my feet. Like okay. how do you how do you start? How like give me a trick? How do we start? When in doubt, with not having a prop in your hand, when in doubt, nod your head a little bit, feel the beat. And then when you really get into it, like, yeah, use the fist pump in the air, like hand. <laughs> Woo, Jadaro. <laughs> All that, yeah. I mean, but with me, when it comes to me, like uh, my hoop is my dance partner and that's, you know, that's where I go crazy sometimes, it's fun. Do you bring it but with yeah, you? Like, on, well, totally. like all the time, yeah, like I, to all the events, you bring it with you? Yeah, I've, I've brought it to so far two events. And I've had like the best experience ever. Like I never would have imagined um, having an LED hoop at a festival would have made such a impact, especially like, like just being like in a crowd of people, like people love what you do and like they just eat it up. And, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for attention, but I, if someone likes what I do, I'll give them a show and it makes me feel really good. I like it. I love it. No, I think that's the one thing that like, keeps coming like so i like before your event i'll be totally honest i didn't listen to like electronic music but there was something that like you could see the passion in both your faces like as you're doing this event that i was just like okay i want to be a part of this i don't know the music but i do think it's cool that you like uh enoch when you're doing these mixes you like insert songs that like are like abdl adjacent like you played uh I don't know what the Queen song is, but you know, Radio Gaga, right? Like it has the word Gaga yeah. in it. And yeah. so I love that you pick up on all those little things. Oh yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I love to make it just as, as entertaining as possible. I'm a big fan of just songs that are just so silly and like, I don't say stupid, but they're, just so, they're, silly, they're stupid, they're silly. And like, I, I just love to bring, bring that kind of ass because like, you know, it, it's not serious. We, I don't want to take what we do like, not to say I don't want to take it seriously, but I don't want to take ourselves too seriously where it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're dancing in diapers, you know, <laughs> it's, and it's like, you know, like, and, you know, we're childish, we're, we're, we're kids at heart. And I, I want to make sure I'm bringing that aspect to it. Cause you know, I always said, if I were ever to DJ, like, that's what I want to do is I want to bring a very fun aspect to it. And like a very uh, childlike, uh, you know, outlook on it all. Right. Last two questions. Would you sure. ever do this event live? Yes. <laughs> Enoch's <laughs> like, oh god. Uh, that's um, the oh, totally. yeah. Well, that's the dream. We've talked a lot about this, actually. You know. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, you brought up the word dream. So, um, in final, my final question before we get to when it <laughs> when the next one is, uh, Kurtz McGurtz, what is a dream you have for this event? Like in the future, what do you what do you aspire that it hope that it grows into? I hope that it goes into like a giant movement in the ABDL community. And I hope that even people who don't understand the rave culture, like they learn something from it. And then they maybe can find some special connection just like I did. 
like, I think that's the most important thing is to like find your connection with it. And that's why, like, I love it so much. Enoch, what do you hope this event turns in, it turns into eventually? Oh, you know, we as ABDLs, we definitely don't have enough events to bring us together in person. Um, I would love, 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 love for it to be an in-person event. Um, you, you know, it'd be a regular in-person event where people can come dance padded and like, there is enough of us. Why not? You know, this, this whole thing is about bringing us together, whether it was in person or, you know, online, it's, it's a place for us to be and really kind of the, you know, like normalize what we do. And like what, what we do isn't anything like, it's not crazy at all. It may be taboo, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason it should be. And I really hope that we can bring, make this into something big enough to where we can all, you know, come together in person and just kind of dance, you know, be babies. Just wear <laughs> diapers and dance. I love it. Um, <laughs> when is the next electric stuffy? It's the 25th of February. Um, we're going to ho- host it at 5 p.m. That's uh, uh, PST. Um, that's here in California time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we try to make it earlier so more people can attend. Um, we, you know, understand that we're probably one of the latest areas in the world. So doing it at nine o'clock, you know, isn't most ideal for everyone. So um, it's going to be, uh, yeah, at 5 p.m. Uh, on the 25th of February. So this month. Kurtz McGirtz, where exactly can they watch it? Uh, they can watch it on Twitch. And it's really easy. Like, I actually um found out i did i didn't actually create a profile you can just go on twitch and find us looking up electric stuffy yes. just uh, type in electric stuffy in search and you'll find us immediately yeah that or uh twitch.tv slash electric stuffy uh, yeah that too. either or yeah <laughs> either works there you go but if you want to chat oh sorry no if people wanted to chat what do they need to know if they want to chat they have to create a profile if you just go in there to see the live stream um, you'll need to have a profile to actually say hello. Yeah, and it's free. It's free, free yeah. y'all. There you go. Well, thank you, Kurtz McGirtz and Enoch, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about Electric Stuffy. Oh, pleasure's ours. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. This is great. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The next event I want to feature is coming to Columbus, Ohio. Lights Out, Barks Out, or Lobo for short, is an all-inclusive kink event. I heard about it from my friend Dylan over at Recess Time. So I thought it would be fun to have Dylan come to Newsy's Nook and co-interview the organizer of Lobo and talk about what people can expect before they go. Well, thank you, Jake, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And we have another interviewee. In the house in Newsy's Nook today, we have Dylan. Dylan, say hi. Hi. Hello. It's my first first time here. It is your first time in Newsy's Nook. And you will be helping me interview Jake about their upcoming event, Lobo, in Columbus, Ohio. Jake, let's start off with what is Lobo? What is the basics of it? What do I need to know? Sure. So Lobo stands for Lights Out, Barks Out. Um, It was started originally as a project that we could not foresee like how big it was going to get. Right. So um, a friend of mine were sitting down and I was just expressing 
concerns about how nobody was booking me because they were like, we love your music. We love your sound, but we don't really love that you're non-binary. And so, you know, as a circuit party, that doesn't really fit what we're going for. And he was like, well, why don't you just start your own? And I was like, huh. So we went to the DC Eagle where I was working and we pitched the event. And the way we pitched the event originally was, you know, a circuit party that was inclusive for everybody, welcoming for everyone, all diversity focused. And the other main prong of the event was to get DJs who were having the same struggles I was having a chance to get professional experience. Um, so we went in with that. We did the first one in D.C. expecting maybe 50 people. We did 400. And we were like, uh oh, wow, we uh, we we might have something here. Um, it was originally geared for furries and pups um, because, like, we wanted an event that celebrated who we were. It very, 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 very quickly escalated to include littles and ABDL. It includes, uh, believe it or not, straight women, straight men come to the event. Um, and now we've gotten everything from rubber to, I mean, we had an inflatable dinosaur at the last one in D.C. So, like, you know, we've seen pretty much everything come through the doors that lights out barks out but at the end of the day what it stands for is just a party that celebrates inclusion and diversity i appreciate that because my boss asked me what lobo was out of the blue i was like oh i don't know how to explain this so thank you for saving me on that <laughs> yeah um you know the biggest the biggest question we always get is like, well, are you guys just like a circuit party? And we're like, no, because if you walk into a normal circuit party, you'll look like you'll look around and it'll look like a bunch of guys that just walked out of Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, you know, it's a very specific look that that mm -hmm. circuit party has. You walk in the Lobo, very different. Got various body types, various race, various gender, various kink. Um, our dancers, um, we have a very diverse dancer core. Our staff, you know, it's owned by me and my brother. Our CMO is a VIPOC. Um, and we're both he and I are on the autism spectrum. We are a very, very, very diverse staff. And what I love about it is that, you know how most times you have a company who's like, we're going to start being more diverse. Yours actually grew from diversity, yeah. which I love. Yeah, it was. So like the biggest problem for me was we saw a bunch of parties that just weren't representing the communities they were in right like we're in washington dc there's no reason i should walk into a nightclub in the heart of dc and see you know and i, I mean this in the nicest way a sea of white people right like we're we're a very diverse city we really are um so when you walk in the lobo the first thing that we always see your people say is whoa like this isn't what i was expecting at a at a gay circuit party um and the other cool thing that i think has come out of this is as we go to each city each city kind of develops its own little identity, so to speak. Um, so in Chicago, like they're all about house music. So in Chicago, we play house music, we play trance. But in D.C., we do a lot more LGBTQ themed, like very gay esque music. Atlanta, same thing. Um, and Columbus, we don't really know what's going to happen yet. But it is truly a testament to not just me and the staff that I have, but the people that attend Lobo, that they've created this atmosphere where everybody feels welcome like uh, and i don't going to go on a rant here uh because i try not to um but it still is mind-boggling to me when i get messages from people who come to Lobo who are like hey you know this has really impacted and changed my life um because i was really struggling to find a place where i fit in and i came to lobo and i found my people and that is just baffling to me that we've created something like that 
So how does um like how do you guys decide like which sage you guys choose? Yeah. So um honestly, a lot of it comes down to who reaches out to us. Um, Columbus was a funny story. Uh, Pup Jackson, who was a very good friend of mine, and a couple of other friends of mine, Vander, and a few other pups out there were really pushing hard for Columbus. Like, I mean, they were, they were really, really pushing hard for Columbus. Um, and so we were like, all right, we'll give it a shot. Um, and I don't know if I've told you guys the story of how we ended up in Columbus yet, but uh, essentially the way it went down was I told them we've reached out to this club. They haven't gotten back to us. And then they proceeded to create a group chat with me and the owner and GM of said club. And we're like, here, talk to this guy, make this happen. And then 30 minutes later, we had booked a wall in Columbus. Um, but realistically, what we look at for cities is, you know, um, where where we think we can do well, where we think there's an opportunity. Um, we actually just launched a secondary brand called Unleashed. So in cities like Baltimore, where they have Lobo in D.C., we're going to do Lobo Presents Unleashed because it doesn't make sense to have Lobo an hour apart from each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of look at and see where a good fit is. Um, I've always said, we'll go anywhere that'll have a, <laughs> is it hard to find a club to take you guys? <sighs> How do I word this? <laughs> yes. And no, um, it's become a lot easier as the brand has grown. When we mm -hmm. first started the original pitch took nightclubs kind of went like this. Hey, we have furries and pups and also people in diapers. And they were like, ooh. And now it's more like, hey, we have furries and pups and people in diapers. Oh, and also we're doing X amount in barring. And suddenly they're very excited to bring us in. Um, so, it, you know, a lot of the bars, very realistically, unfortunately, it comes down to profit margins for them. Makes sense. Um, but the one... The one thing I will say about the furry population and our Lobo crowd is they drink and tip well. So, you know, normally right. normally we don't struggle on that front. You don't have you to worry about the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Do you guys have like a certain like criteria of like how you guys like figure out like who's a good fit when it comes to like choosing venues and stuff? Yeah. Um, so we will only work with venues that fit with our ideals of diversity. That is a 100% non-negotiable thing for us. Um, so if we go into a venue and we tour it and we look around and we're just like, something just doesn't feel right. It's like, thanks, but no thanks. We, you know, we've had venues offer to bring us in. And it was very much so we felt like our guys wouldn't feel comfortable in the space. And if we feel like our guys wouldn't feel comfortable in the space, we're not going to put them in a place where they where they would feel like they they like it's not their event. You know, as, as much as people like to credit Lobo to me and to my staff, really Lobo is about the people who attend it. It's their event as much as it is my event. And I won't put them in a position where they feel unsafe. So our first criteria is that second criteria we look for is things like, you know, parking and obviously stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we really want bar partners and club partners that we can grow a relationship with. Um, because as you'll see, Dylan, when we come to a city, we don't just kind of come in, do the event and leave. We try to build stuff within the city and build connection ports, so to speak, for people to have this outlet of a network uh, so that even when we're not doing Lobo, there's always a Lobo presence. Can you explain that? What do you mean by that? Like you're setting up like uh, telegram groups or, and stuff? Yeah. So we have a telegram group for every city that we go to. 
Okay. And we also have one joint NSFW. We call it the Horny Jail. Um, because uh, it started as a joke that got way out of control very quickly and then turned into something um, that has become miraculous. But yeah, you know, one of the things that was important for us when we started expanding was we would see these other parties kind of come in, do a, do an event, and then really not care so much about what happened in the city when they left. They were just kind of there to do the event and leave. We didn't want to do that. We want to care and create these connections like we've done in D.C. everywhere we go. Because for us, at least, it's just as important. Um, D.C. is just as important to us as any other city that we go to. Um, you know, we we create Telegram groups with the nonprofit. We intend to create programs and scholarships in each city that we go to as well. And we really want to create this sense of family everywhere we go so that even at places where we're doing events quarterly, they know that they are still a part of the Lobo family and we will do everything we can to help them, whether it's Chicago, D.C., Columbus or otherwise. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the nonprofit? Because I'm I'm actually a little bit more intrigued on this, because <laughs> I know yeah. you, because I know you and I, um, we both were talking about at the Blue Jackets game about how you're like we don't like coming in and just like leaving. We like making connections and helping people. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you may have seen or you may not have seen, uh, we we officially filed and launched the Lobo Initiative, and the official mission statement of that, and I'm going to read verbatim here is it's going to provide programs and scholarships to help ensure that LGBTQ youth and adults, including those living with disabilities, have the support and confidence to be fully engaged members of their community. Uh, That's a very broad statement. We made it that way intentionally so that we can do a lot of different things. Um, Yes, so this has been a dream of mine for a while. Uh, One of the things I've wanted to do since I was a kid was create a nonprofit that helped give back. Um, One of the best things that i think we're going to be able to do for this is to basically we're I, we are creating a scholarship that allows people to go and chase their dreams people who've had a rough deal of cards so to speak uh, myself you know while my family comes from money uh my mom and i and my family and i we didn't really see eye to eye right so they've never really supported my career as a dj and up until recently had been actively trying to get me to change career paths um so the idea of one of these scholarships would be you apply for it and, you know, let's just say you want to become a DJ, but you don't have the financial support or you don't have the, you know, uh, mentorship support. We will give you the money to get said equipment and pair you with a mentor in the DJ field who will then work with you to help you reach your dreams. Um, and these are things that we just feel like there's a big population of people who if they just had someone who believed in them or just had a little bit of financial support they could do so many wonderful things. Um, And I know that that seems like a very, very, very broad answer, but yes. So that is to say that, yeah, when we go to a city, we really want to be ingrained in that city. We want to work with local charities as well. We want to, we want to be as heavily invested in every city that we go to as we are in DC. Wow. When, when do you when do you foresee starting to roll out some of these scholarships? So we've already gotten a seven hundred fifty dollar annual scholarship set up um, that was donated to us by our friends at Avalon, um, who are another party, believe it or not. Um, so they are giving us an annual scholarship, and we are hoping to start taking applications for that at the three year anniversary party in July, I believe. 
So um, we're looking forward to that. And we'll have a full rollout in July. We plan to start taking donations in the next couple of weeks. Um, we also, you know, have another donation scholarship coming in that Lobo is going to be contributing annually as well. And it's it's going to be a slow burn, right? Because we don't want to expand out too quickly and try to cover too many bases. But the hopes are that by the end of this year, we will have been able to award at least one or two scholarships. Wow, that's amazing. Do some of the proceeds from going to Lobo events, do, does that go towards the scholarships too? So one of the things we have to be careful of, and this is this is one of the things we have to figure out, is we can't technically take proceeds from a ticket sale and put it directly into the nonprofit because oh. Lobo itself is a for-profit event. However, Lobo can make a donation to the Lobo initiative. So uh. we can't technically advertise saying that, you know, if you buy a ticket, X amount of money will go to the nonprofit. But when you purchase a ticket for Lobo, there will be a percentage that we are going to take afterwards and probably donate behind closed doors to the nonprofit just because of the way that it works. Um, it's a little bit tricky, especially because we own both entities. And Taxes. we're not trying to go to jail. <laughs> Taxes. It doesn't make any sense. Get a tax person to do it. Basically. <laughs> uh I want to I want to go back to your Lobo event just for one second because you were saying that you have a very diverse um, set of dancers, yeah, and that you bring dancers to this event. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so um, we staff the event with door people, with dancers, with security. Um, our when we created our dance core, you know, uh, Pup Nano Nano Bites um, is our head dancer, and um, Nano is Native American. And when we sat down with Nano, Nano is also our general manager. So Nano does a lot of things, actually. But <laughs> Nano, when we sat down with Nano, we were like, what do you envision for the dance core? And he was like, I would like it to be various body type, various race, various gender. And we're like, OK, good. That's like where we're at. So we sat down and we reached out to our friends and we managed to put together this incredible dance core of various shapes size creed religion race sexuality um you know we're very 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 proud of that um the dance core try as they might cannot attend every event that we do um they do do their best um but unfortunately they can't go to all of them so we try to recruit local djs and local dancers in every city that we go to as well usually to open and from the dj front and then to dance we try to have local talent there as well which goes back to supporting the local community uh we're very very proud of the fact that we pay all of our staff you know mm -hmm. um there are some events where it's like hey work for drinks or work for free we we don't do that um so we're very proud of that fact um and you know it's uh the dance core is probably one of the things we're probably the most proud of because it would, would have been very easy just to reach out to the very popular, well-known Go-Go Boys, and we we opted to not go that route. Was it was it hard to um, get, like, Lobo off the ground? <laughs> yes. Because I feel like it really was. <laughs> uh, it was a labor of love. I mean, like I said, the first one, we had three, 400 people, and we were like, okay, this is something. And then we were like, well, what do we do for the second one? Like, we don't we didn't we went back to the drawing board um you know my friend pilot who is a very good friend of mine founded the event with me but then ultimately uh stepped aside because if he just didn't have the time um to to focus on doing the event and he wanted it to be more of a 
you know, let's kind of just do this in DC sort of thing. Whereas I wanted it to be more of a, I want to take this on the road because I think we've got something special. Um, we had an amicable like split. It wasn't anything bad, but um, so at that point I assumed full control of Lobo and, you know, as much as I like to say that I knew what I was doing when I went into this, I had not the first clue what, what I was doing. Um, I had never been a party promoter before. I'd only been a DJ. Um, and I kind of learned as I went, you know, I definitely made some mistakes along the way. Um, finding the right ticket price was a bit of a struggle, um, but we got there. Uh, finding out that, you know, the DC Eagle had one way of doing things and we wanted to do things another way uh trying different events in other cities too quickly like it was it was it was a it was a lot i mean unfortunately for us we launched chicago and then immediately got hit by a pandemic <laughs> so um most people assume that we had chicago going and dc going and everything was fine but ultimately we started in dc expanded to chicago in february and then immediately got hit by COVID. Um, so it was it was a bit of a a bit of a struggle there. Um, and then yeah, I would just say it's taken a village <laughs> to get us to this point. And it I'm forever grateful and forever thankful for everybody who sacrificed in those early days when they were willing to actually work for free so that the event could find its two legs. So with every great venture, there's always backlashes and like hurdles. Were there any that you want to like specifically talk about? Oh goodness, oh, <laughs> hard hitting questions. No here. pressure. Um, you know, we had we had some backlash in, ironically, Columbus when we came in, um, and rightfully so. Um, we we didn't. We didn't talk to certain groups, and certain groups got a little offended, um, but that has since been smoothed over, and everything is good, and I'm super excited to say that the Capital City Pups, or I can never get their name right, the Paul Group in Columbus, is uh, going to be working with us on the event, so we're very excited about that, because one of the things we like to do when we go to a city is we like to work with the local pup group. Um, it's just kind of been one of our policies, is every city we go to, we try to work with the local Paul group because we want to help support and grow their organization. Um, but, you know, I mean, for the most part, there's really been not a lot of backlash. When we went to Chicago, some people were a little upset, like, oh, there's out of town promoters coming in. But, you know, that's all normal kind of kind of club stuff. I mean, the nightlife world is full of real not great people sometimes. <laughs> and, uh you know, you just kind of learn to navigate around them. Yeah. Sorry, I mean my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hungry pup. I um, am. What talk you know, you know, I never realized is how do you find the local pup group? Because like when you go to like a city and I try to find like local diaper wares, it's kind of like you have to like peer through the bushes and try to like find them hidden is it easy to find the local pup group in different areas no <laughs> so, is, mean, oh, so before you start you before you start an event it's kind of like okay let's do some research let's like find the pup yeah. group 
the one in Columbus was especially difficult. Um, we had to we had to talk to somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody who knew somebody who got us in touch. So like that was that one was a struggle. But like it really depends, right? Like let's take Houston for an example. We're we're in talks to expand to Houston. I don't know the pub group in Houston. I don't know many pubs in Houston. Um, I you know your guess could be as good as mine as to how we're going to navigate that. But in Chicago, Chicago Pet Patrol is one of the most well-known pub groups in the country. So it's fairly easy to be like, hey, we're doing this thing. And they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Let's do this thing. Um, so it's kind of kind of like, I don't know, hit or miss. Um, in the same way that Minneapolis, I you know, is another city we're talking to not entirely sure what the pup group there is but i'll talk to my minneapolis friends and i'm sure somebody will know but no it's definitely not like here's our website come find us i wish it was that easy you got network newsy <laughs> i i mean like they're not organizations like i know like you know there's i know there's there's a pro- predominant pup group in san francisco but like i would never think like there would be like an organizational chain of like, okay, you talk to that person and that represents this whole pump group. This is all very new to me. That's so crazy. And it must be very confusing on your end too, trying to figure out like, how do I find the right person to talk to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of those where it's like, we spoke to somebody who we thought was representing X group and it turns out they were not representing X group and then X group was very upset. And so, you know, it's a lot of it is like politics. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize I had worked in politics for 12 years before I did the DJ thing. I started working in politics when I was 12. So, um, like, I'm okay navigating politics. I don't, it's not my favorite thing in the world to do, but I know my way around it. Um, and a lot of nightlife, and especially when it comes to like stuff like this, it's all just political stuff. <laughs> One of the things you brought up that you that was a learning curve for you was ticket prices. I would never have thought that ticket prices would be a learning curve when starting an event. Could you talk about that? Yeah. So most people just assume that like the ticket prices are are pretty set forward, but like each city that we go to has its own unique brand of what they're willing to pay. Uh, for example, Chicago adamantly does not like paying a cover. They just don't. They never have. They never, and they never, never in the history of the city have they liked paying covers. So we do a, a cheaper cover usually in Chicago. Um, in Columbus, you know, the bar partner AWOL has suggested that we do a $5 cover. So we're going to do a $5 cover in Columbus. Um, in D.C., it's $15, and there's also a VIP ticket. So finding that magic number in each city is a little bit of a unique challenge um not and it's not that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just you know it's it kind of comes with the the sentiment of the city like i'm from philadelphia philadelphia we notoriously are very blue collar city dc it's a very you know much a city that has money so they're willing to spend out easier on it chicago notorious birthplace of house music they believe that music should not be that expensive so each city you kind of got to learn the ins and outs of what they are and aren't willing to pay wow never would have guessed that that went a lot deeper than i would have thought of i just thought of just like trying to figure out like truly like what's the market 
Yeah, we have to do a whole bunch of research when we go to a different city. Like, I mean, it's it's there's a like even now as we as we get ready to approach Columbus, we're doing research to figure out, you know, what other venues are charging. We're working with AWOL to figure out if five dollars is the number which we think it's going to be. You know, we are working to figure out uh, other potential, I guess, perks of buying a ticket, you know, and it all comes back to at the end of the day. Most people don't realize the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to put on the event, and there's a lot of it. You were talking about how you have a large cast of DJs when you in your in your portfolio for Lobo. Um, when you go to the different cities, do you try to pick a local DJ, or do you try to pick a DJ that represents the music for the city? How do you pick the DJ and like the music and the vibe for each city? Sure. So traditionally. Um, when we talk about picking DJs, especially in new cities, I will end up headlining them or my brother Phoenix will end up headlining them. Um, and then we usually will pair it either with both of us or we try if we can find one to bring in a local DJ to open um, because it goes back to the ties of trying to keep things within the city. Um, but once we get into it, you know, three, four or five months down the line, then it becomes a thing where it's like, OK, the event is standing on its own two legs. Now we can start bringing in some other local talents or bigger name talents. Like in Fort Lauderdale, for the first one, we brought in a DJ by the name of Joe Pacheco, who's a very well-known circuit DJ. Um, Joe is local to Columbus, so Joe is also a very good friend of mine. So it's very likely that at some point down the line, we will have Joe, who is also a resident DJ of AWOL, play Lobo. Um, so really, it kind of comes down to just who we know. Uh, but I've always told people we can only book the DJs that we know about because a lot of people are always like, well, we should be booking more diverse this or more diverse that. And while I'm very proud of the fact that we do book a very diverse lineup of various sexualities, genders and race, um, you know, we could always be doing a better job, but we can only book the DJs we know about. And so we always tell people, if you know any DJs in the cities that we go to or even the cities that are nearby to let us know, because we can only work with what we got. Do you know yet the music vibe of Columbus, Ohio? We are going to do a circuit party in Columbus. The first, the the first, the first time we do it is always a circuit party, which we have been told will do quite well. Um, circuit music is apparently very popular in Columbus, especially at the say, gay clubs. That club. seems about right. <laughs> yeah, especially at the gay clubs. So it'll be very much so like DC, um, and. You know, there's very few cities that we go to where we don't do circuit music, per se. Um, and the reason is, is because there's very few cities like Chicago where if you come in with anything that's not circuit music, they'll throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> like, um, so like, you know, if if we when we play circuit in Chicago, they don't hate it, but they like house music and they they like what they like in Chicago and they're very adamant about it. Dylan, are the Columbus, Ohio pups ready for this circuit party? Oh my gosh, you do not understand. Like, I have so many people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. There's, um, I've sent messages out to like people from like Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. They're all like, yo, we're all coming. <laughs> so I was like, yes. And that's probably where you get a lot of your people who go to this, right? It's probably just all word of mouth and people flock from everywhere i would assume to these to these lobo events right 
yeah, we've actually spent zero dollars on advertising in the history of Lobo. So that's one of the funniest parts about it is we don't we don't really take out advertising like we we put out posters and we do social media, but we haven't taken out a paid ad Um, and we just don't feel the need to because exactly what Dylan said, like uh, people spread the word. We, We are we are very lucky to have myself and my staff who network very well, who know a lot of big name influencers in our community who are very happy to, when we come to their city, put the event on blast for us. Without those guys and girls and everything in between, I cannot imagine Lobo would be anywhere nearly as successful as it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been, <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, but surprisingly, yes, people travel for this event from everywhere. In D.C., we had somebody come down from Connecticut uh, last wow. time we did it. And they're a regular at the event now. So, I mean, we we talk about doing hotel blocks sometimes. Um, that's the next big thing we'll look at to determine if it makes sense. But, yeah, uh, people travel for this event, and we are forever thankful for the fact that they do. Yeah, we, um, we have one person uh, from El Paso coming, and there's somebody from Phoenix, Arizona, that is going to come to this um, Columbus event. And I'm like, yes, I can't wait. And uh, it's a fun little fact, Newsy. I don't know if you actually know this, but um, Columbus is the birthplace of Playtime also. I did not know that. Yeah. There you go. So I, like, whoop. <laughs> I do want to ask. So I'm always petrified. What do I wear to events? Uh, it sounds like this is more circuit party. If I was going to go in a diaper, is that totally acceptable? Yes. Totally welcome. Um, without any hesitation, I, I will gladly go on record and say yes. Um, you know, we know that. So Columbus specifically, we'll talk about this in two prongs. We know that the bar, AWOL has had problems in the past with some diapers, but not because of the people wearing it, but because of a church down the street that accused them of pedophilia. So that being said, we are not heavily branding it with littles like we normally would in any other city, but they have assured me and I, I will go on record and say the same that anybody that shows up in a diaper will not be like told they can't come in. And if, if it does arise, if that becomes a problem, we'll find a different venue. Is there it's like a that simple? Is there like a changing when you go? Did, does Lobo have like a, a like a coat check? But you know more than just for a coat. Like you know, could I come in jeans and a t shirt and then strip down to a diaper? Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, people in DC, especially, you know, they they walk around in diapers. They walk around in jock straps. I mean, usually your your crotch has to be covered, but that's traditional requirement for everywhere you go. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to come to Lobo in a diaper go for it like do whatever your heart's content is i always tell people wear what you feel the most comfortable in at lobo as long as that most comfortable is not butt ass naked right (laughs) you know like as long as as long as your front is covered you want to come in in a giant inflatable t-rex suit perfectly fine you want to come in a diaper perfectly fine jock strap totally cool i mean you know it's whatever you're comfortable in dylan what are you gonna wear Oh, I've already like planned out this outfit. I'm wearing some like booty shorts with like a little pause, and I'm just like I'm gonna have like my little like pup harness on it with my puppy hood. 
Oh, oh, yeah, this is it's about to get lit. And I mean, I'm just going to put this out here. If for some odd reason, somebody comes in like a T-Rex, uh, like inflatable thing, I will make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not speak that into existence. <laughs> Jake, what do you wear? I don't. What What do you wear when you, you're probably so focused on DJing that you're like, I'm just wearing whatever's comfortable. But like, what do you what, yeah. what do you put on when you go to these events? I wear jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> because like I always tell myself this is the Lobo I'm gonna have fun and enjoy myself and I'm gonna let my staff do things and then every time it's like nope sure isn't um so you know I trust my staff to do a lot and they are an incredibly incredibly talented bunch um that being said I'm very hesitant to like just take my hands off the wheel um because you know it's 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 my baby and uh so yeah traditionally i will have on underneath my shirt and pants uh usually some sort of skirt or lingerie and or um a harness but the odds of me ever taking it off during the event are slim to none like i think i can count on one hand the amount of times i've ever stripped down into my kink gear at a at a lobo this is when we just like put them in like a collar and put them in like the night corner and be like you have to let go <laughs> no i totally feel that it's you know it's it's your it's your passion child it's you know you've put so much into it you can't let go a question i have for you because it sounds like you you, you know you have so much passion for this and you want to make an impact in each city are you, do you is there a plan in the future to create a playbook so that others could host lobo events we have it it's ready you have the playbook. So if I wanted to start one here in Santa Barbara, I could? You could, in theory, yes. And we've talked with people about that. And, you know, our whole thing has been anybody that wanted to start a Lobo or start something similar, you know, we're more than willing to happy to help. Like, you know, as long as as long as long you want our help, we will gladly give it. Um, but, yeah, the playbook is pretty straightforward. Um, I'm not going to give it out on the podcast, but you know, um, anybody that wants it could easily, easily reach out to us. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's our whole thing, right? Like we, we are not exclusionary. We are all about celebrating diversity. And as much as I'd love to believe that I can get to every single city in the country, I can't like, I just can't, I'm one, I'm one person can't do it. So, you know, we've always said like, Houston, Texas, probably as far as we're going to go, like going out that way, because it's already frolic in San Francisco and they do a fantastic job and we absolutely adore frolic. And I've been there. Bunny, it's very fun. Yeah, they do a fantastic party. Um, and while they're more geared for furries, we've always said we tend to gear more towards pups. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if somebody wanted to start a Lobo in Santa Barbara or I don't know, uh, Montana, like we'd be all for it. Have you ever thought about like, um, like collabing with like a convention for stuff like that? Cannot answer that yet, but oh. stay tuned. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there. What I will say is, we are continuously looking for various opportunities to do new and exciting things. And as I give you this political answer and, you know, um, there are a couple of furry conventions, a couple of kink conventions that we have reached out to and that we are in ongoing conversations with to see maybe if we can work something out. 
I know you can't give out the whole playbook, but if someone was thinking, you know, what happens if they live in an area that doesn't have, you know, an event like this, what is something, a piece of advice you would give them before they reach out to you for said playbook? All I will say is th this is an incredibly, incredibly taxing job, right? Like it's a lot of people think it's super easy. It, it's not. It's It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of focus. It's a lot of moving parts. But if you are committed and you really want to make the event happen, then just don't take no for an answer. You'll find the venue. Like, you know, I, I had multiple venues tell me no before one finally said yes. In the same way that my DJ career started, I had a bunch of people tell me no until someone told me yes, right? So you're going to get, you have to be prepared for a lot of rejection in this, in this, in this field. But if you ultimately want to make it happen, my biggest piece of advice would be bunker down and just make it happen. Like, regardless of every obstacle that's going to get thrown in your way, find a way to make it happen. My second to last question, where do you see Lobo in, let's say, five years? Where Or where do you hope it will be? <laughs> um, I hope that in five years, Lobo is continuing to bring diversity and inclusive events all around the country. I hope that the nonprofit is up and off the ground and doing spectacular things. But most importantly, I hope that people will just look at the event and be like, you know, I'm really proud to be associated with that because more so than having successful events, more so than having money for profit or more so than the nonprofit. For me, this has always been about creating a safe space. So if nothing else, five years from now, if people can look back on the last five years and be like, man, they did a decent job, then I would be okay with that. And that would be an acceptable place for us to be. Do you think you'll ever like hand the keys off to somebody else? And you just relax. Man, you're trying to put me in the retirement already, Dylan? Jeez. No, but I you mean, know, goodness. that's it's it's one of those like really hard questions. Like, um if I have, you asked me to do like if would I ever like give up like my own like photo shoot, my yearly photo shoot. I don't know if I could hand those keys off to anybody or not. So I have trained my staff in such a way that, look, you know, it's not a secret to a lot of people that know me that I have mitochondrial disease, right? And that I could get sick at any moment's notice. And, you know, it, it's a very well-known fact that I will likely die younger than most of my friends. So, um, yes, in, in all seriousness, not to get all somber, but in all seriousness, yes, everybody on our staff is trained in such a way that should something ever happen to me, they can continue the event and they all know what to do. Um, it's actually in my will uh what's supposed to happen to the event should something happen to me um and more so to the point uh, should i ever choose to retire i have full confidence in everybody that's ever worked with us to carry on the event dylan final question to lighten the mood <laughs> yeah right oh final question what's your favorite um animal <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> siberian husky Ooh, woof all right jake before we go give it to me again what are the the dates, what are the, where is the location for this Columbus Lobo event? We're going to be at AWOL, we believe, on the first Saturday, or the first Friday, but that's up in the air. So date hasn't been confirmed yet. First Friday in April, though, is currently the plan. But we will make an announcement in the next couple of days confirming everything when we have the poster. But I can guarantee it will be at AWOL, and it will be monthly starting in April. And if people wanted to get more information, where can they go? lightsoutbarksout.com 
or Lights Out DC on Twitter, or you can just message me. I'm a fairly approachable person, I promise. I don't fight hard. Well, where where, where can we find you? Oh, I'm at DJ Jake Maxwell. I'm pretty much everything. Like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, if you're into that. You know, I'm pretty much everywhere. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Jake, for coming to Newsies Nook and talk about Lobo coming to Columbus, Ohio. And thank you, Dylan, for being my Columbus, Ohio uh, reporter, so to speak. Yeah. Ooh, I, I should have been like, hi, guys. Welcome to Ohio. <laughs> You'll have to give me a full rundown once the event happens. I will. I'll try. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. kiddos before we go i just want to say you deserve to be you deserve to be into whatever you want you deserve to be with whomever you want and you deserve to be you if you're struggling with mental health i have put resources in the show notes all right kiddos i gotta go change see ya bye how to read i don't know how to read but i heard playtime has a new bi-weekly online kink magazine it's called play zine yeah i heard if i knew how to read i could read about different fetish lifestyles events entertainment and news i guess i gotta go to the playtime website to practice my reading skills